Hey, hey, welcome back to the Interleague. It's Monday with your two favorite people on the internet. I'm Chris, that's my name. Spags, that's who he is. Hi. We talk two things on this. You don't talk yet. Oh. Okay. okay, I'll put him in his place when he needs to be put in his place. We talk two things on this show. Well, I guess more than two things, but two main topics. Cardinals and Yankees. And hey, been a pretty exciting week. Last week, it was about the playoffs. That picture, same for both teams, maybe. We'll figure that out today. And you know, it's just not flowing this week's bags. I don't know the intro, dude. Let's just cut the intro right back onto it. I don't know where that was going. Welcome back, man. How you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I didn't actually cut this time, so... Yeah, don't cut this time. Yeah. It's cool. I know. We'll make it up. We'll make it up. We'll make it up next week. We'll make it up next week. You already had like a, like a, you already had like a a title to the show. You know, couldn't fit it in. I was rambling. I just, I was going to stop. It's all right. Ryan Jeffers just had a home run for the Twins to tie the game. Well. That means, uh. Are you, are you paying people off? Um, no, I don't make that kind of money. I'm just saying that just means Griffin Jacks is no longer on the hook for the loss. You know, it's a tough look, tough luck, no decision so far. I mean, the Twins have committed four errors for him tonight. I mean, are you going to be that mad if Griffin Jacks on a start out of two starts just puts up two and a half points? Um, yeah. How many starts does Griffin Jacks have on the year here? Oh, uh, I think like 11 or so. Five. Game started five. Oh, that's it? He's three and one. Yeah, he's pitched thirty-eight innings. Gotcha. And his ERA is a five point four five. Yep. Which. Yep. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and his second his second starts against the shitty ass New York Yankees and cheating ass Garrett Cole. So. So yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Garrett Cole could like pitch left-handed against the Minnesota Twins, and they'd probably be all right. I hope so. Um. Yeah, it'll be – it's fine. I'm, it's just I have an opportunity to capitalize on Odorizzi not having such a great start. This is a big week. Um, not only am I trying to make the push to be in the playoffs, not not all of us have the ability of celebrating clinching a playoff spot hey. with four weeks left to go. Hey, we're on autopilot. <laughs> um you know, you I've I have assisted in you becoming the top point the top team twice now, uh, by beating the the current number one seed at the time. Dude, collusion. That's Freddie Freeman trade, dude. Collusion. Yeah, I my first baseman outscored Freeman last week. That's true. So I'll yeah I'll take it. Um, I don't think that's the case this week so far, but the the Braves have scored twelve runs today, so yeah yeah, and it it's a little tough. So, you know, yeah, it's a little tough. He's about to come back up to bat here in a minute. I hope we can put that game on now because the Yankees game is over. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I was hoping that Jax would be able to steal me like a quality start win against a pretty piss poor Cleveland team. Um, and then I would just go into the Yankee situation and be like, cool, if I just get you know, 
if if he just gets me a, a a smattering of points and I end up with like 20 points on the week from him, like say he got me like 16 points against Cleveland and then like four points against the Yankees, I I would be happy with that. Like I I could live with that because um, like I said, my only other option was uh, Lewis Heel pitching and most likely only one start in a seven inning game against the Red Sox. So the likelihood of him going six innings is pretty pretty small. So the quality start option isn't there. The likelihood of him going five innings is probably also relatively low um, because they're just not going to push him. Like they have a decent amount of arms that are throwing well um, in the bullpen. So I was like, all right, like he may not even be in line for the win. He does strike out a bunch of guys, but I'm Boston's in the place that they are because they have a pretty potent offense. So I was like, let's just not roll the dice. But the, the Jack start is what I was like this, the, this one tonight is what I was banking on really making his, his week. Um, if he were to go like zero or negative points tonight, I would, I feel like I would be in a bad spot with his one start left being against the Yankees. Fair. So the twins have gotten him off the hook for the loss. Assuming he doesn't come back out for the seventh, which I don't know. I mean, obviously it's not a foregone conclusion, but they at least got him off the hook. If he doesn't come back out, he's at least in like quality start range, which would put him to six and a half points. So not, not great, but I would essentially want him to, I'd essentially want him to replicate at least that then against the Yankees. Like, I really want him to be at like that 15 point range for me to feel like it's worth it. And I guess really at the end of the, at the end of the week, as long as he outscores Thompson and uh, heel, which are the two options I had on my bench, then it was the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. True. So, but yeah. And I mean, you're over there just like playing with fire, you know, like, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm certainly on borrow time. Part of the cause. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly on borrow time. The fact that I'm, you know, nipping at the heels and I'm I'm the one making it interesting because I think outside of me, there there isn't much in the way of of standings, uh, in terms of like races really, like making the playoffs versus not making the playoffs. Um. Because like I'm I'm one game out. There's one other like at nine and nine. There's one other team at nine and nine, but they have no business being nine and nine. Um, I they like Brian has somehow won four weeks in a row and doesn't set his lineup. Like he he beat, you know, one of the the top scoring team on the year. He beat them last week, so I think like it it just the clock's about to strike midnight for him, <laughs> and it'll uh, it's in the way of playing you this week, and he's currently down by fifty six. And games haven't haven't even really started to wrap up. I think only maybe like one or two of the games are done for tonight. Um, so, so I think he's gonna fall back. Um, but yeah. So then, other than that, like anyone else, like there's one team at eight and ten, but they're two games out. So that's picking up two games in four weeks, and points four for those teams aren't really relatively close to other teams in the playoffs. So catching a team doesn't get you in. Like you have to catch and have a better record than them or pick up points. But like, you know, so for example, um, the eighth place team right now is 10 and eight 
I'm nine and nine, but I have an extra like 225 points on them. So if I just catch Timmy in record, I'm, I'm probably going to be in front of him. Um, I'm two and a half points behind my brother going into this week. So if I beat him, odds are I catch him in record and I have more points than he does. It's like I could I could find myself in like sixth or seventh place, depending on what other teams do. Um, yeah, it, it, it just it's crazy. Like I what it was four weeks ago that I basically <laughs> traded away all my players and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Like I this is just how it's going to be. Like I had you and Adam Stow, who are two of the top three teams in the league still to play. And then I had to go back through my division, which has, you know, three teams that all bought at the trade deadline. So I was like, all right, like I'm probably just going to finish, you know, like four and five to round out the year. I think at that point I was like two games below 500 already. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just sail off into the distance and try not to be bottom scorer. And it's just like every week we're talking about it. Like I'm, I'm still in the hunt. Things are still, things are still happening. Last week you're like, I got to win. So you can take first place. Yeah. Your team like put up all kinds of points. All right. Uh, Ooh, the twins handed over to a familiar face. John Gant pitching for the twins. Hey, well, you know, he's about to walk some guys. Yeah. So it's, uh, Ends up being six and a half points, so I'll, I'll take it. Again, I had I had nine starts to Kurt seven, so if I if I can beat him and head head to head in my pitching starts, and then I just have the two extra, I'll I'll take it. So Jack's not a phenomenal outing by any means. Tough luck that the team had let up two unearned runs, but he beat Odorizzi by six and a half points. So I'll I'll take it. Yeah, you know, I'm only I'm only down by two right now. It's not bad. Um, a lot yeah, of his guys. Yeah, yeah, a lot of his guys are are not done, but they're starting to wrap up. I mean, I only had three players going to his eight players today, so I've I've locked yeah, so in that Seager. Yeah, I've I've locked in that Seager and Murphy sat, so it was only six position players that went but it's cool <clears throat> but yeah like we could and it's interesting because like we could certainly find ourselves at like our rematch is the first round of the playoffs you know, like i could odds are if i'm gonna be the eighth seed i'm not, i'm probably gonna play you <laughs> better not not be how it plays out for me because it'll just because you know yeah yeah, you you know, like, and it'll be, it'll be something like who who did I get back? Like like Bobby Dalbeck will just pop off. Like he was in my lineup this week. He got the start after after his thirty eight and a half points. points last week. So he, I'm giving him the nod. I was like, cool. I'm just gonna play all the hot bats and see what happens. Because like I said, like I I think if I went five and two down the like through the last circuit of division games. I have a pretty good shot at making the playoffs. And at this point, that would be me going three and one the rest of the way. So I was like, if I'm going to lose, like it might as well be to Kurt, but I'll play the the hot hand. Um, 
there's a couple guys that I was on the fence about. Like my bench has some good options. Um, like Miguel Rojas has been hot lately. Uh, Jack Peterson's been playing well. But I was like, nope, like I'm going to go with, just based on points. This is who I'm going to go with. Um, I picked up Callan Moran. You know, he was back from injury. You know, cause he, I had him for a little bit. Yeah, he just like crushes the Cardinals and the Pittsburgh's playing the Cardinals this weekend. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll give him the nod there. But I was like, nope, like I'm just going to go with the guys that scored the most points. Um, and it's it's worked out so far. Like Peterson and Rojas both sat today. Uh, cause that was really what made the decision easy for Peterson is I think they play like, I think the Braves have six or seven games, but they face like four left-handed pitchers. Mm. So I was like, Oh, um, yeah. I've been so lucky that I've like really not looked at, uh, lefty righty matchups all year, but I am starting to get to a point in time where, um, like I had to pick up Jake Myers to play in the outfield because the versatility that I did have and have been trying to keep is just like is dwindling down uh, one thing at a time that happens. Seems like so. You know, it was easier just to go pick up an outfielder than it was like, how am I going to try to rearrange this team? Because like Lau plays outfield, but I have no one else that can play second besides Cronenworth. And then after that, I do have an option at shortstop, but I could really drop that guy, you know? So, right. So to this point, Gant has thrown, this will be his 12th pitch of his 12 pitches. Nine of them have been strikes Ooh. and he's already got two outs and he's up. Oh, two on Jose Ramirez. Now granted it, it is the Cleveland Indians, but it is the Indians one, two, three hitters. So like they're, they're good. Yeah. Like, they, they were hitting 268, 278, and then Jose Ramirez. He only batting 254, but it's Jose Ramirez, uh, respectively. So we'll, we'll see what he does. The, uh, but... At what time on the podcast do we start calling them the Guardians? Um, when they become the Guardians. I mean... So 2022. And I... I sometimes... Like, I will refer to them as the Guardians in future state, because I think you were the one making fun of me. Um, or it might, it might've been style that was giving me crap about it. Cause I was saying that like, it'll be interesting to see like what, what, um, I was like, it'll be interesting to see like if the, if the guardians re-sign Ram- Jose Ramirez or what they trade him for. Um, because that by the time that decision comes up, it'll be relevant. Um, and I think we were talking about, uh, Arenado opting out instead of after this year opting out after next year because the third base market is non-existent. Um, I think like the only other, the only other player that's somewhat relevant in that same free agent market is Jose Ramirez. And it's if he opts out, Um, but I think it's a team option. So that's why I was saying like the guardians would likely pick that up because it'll be the Cleveland Guardians at that point in time. Oh, Ramirez battled it back to a full count, but then Gant struck him out. So, one, two, three yep. from Gant with a strikeout Gant. of the Indians' best hitter. Ooh, we're also doing a check-in on... Let's do a check-in on the old Austin Gunn. Oh, let's see what he's doing. 
He's probably probably pitching tonight. Colorado's winning. Yeah. He's probably pitching tonight. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, he's nine and seven. Four point oh nine ERA. Hundred pitches. Like a game log. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, is he actually pitching tonight? Ah. Volume. No, Sensatello started tonight. Yeah, because it, you know, like you said, we you tried to sneak it into the, uh, into the intro, you know, that uh, tonight's episode we, we went with continue to roll because that's really just what our teams need to do. But it's like getting to that, that fun part of the season where it, like maybe it's a hope and a prayer or extra stressful to just to scoreboard watch. But I feel like scoreboard watching is like one of the the more enjoyable things to do in baseball. Um, but just like watch other teams to see if yeah. So well, well, so like you're not necessarily like, like let's say you're a Cardinals fan. You're if you're not like a diehard baseball fan, you probably don't care to sit down and watch the Padres. But if you're a diehard Cardinals fan you'll probably at least like keep an eye on what's going on in the Padres game. So you just start to like have a rooting interest in things that you don't really care about, or you'll start to learn things about players that you didn't like, that you don't really, that that doesn't really like, that wouldn't be relevant to you in any other way. Like, you know, Oh, like if, if say Gomber has a start, I think he's hurt right now, but say like Gomber was starting one of these games in the Padres Colorado series, like, you might be more prone to be like, oh man, I really hope he does well. Cause if the Padres lose, it's a positive thing for Cardinals. Cause you know, they're realistically, they're trying to catch the wild card. Like if they, if they catch the Brewers, if they catch the beat, the, the leader of the NL central, whoever that ends up being, um, and they don't catch the the second spot in the wild card race, that would be fucking baffling if that would be the case. So, I mean, Milwaukee's up by like, an additional six games. So it would be crazy if the Brewers fell off that hard. <clears throat> yeah, likely not going to happen. Right. They've been playing some pretty consistent uh, winning baseball. Correct. Yeah, I mean, we were we were chatting about it a little bit before we started recording. Like, the Cardinals are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And in that stretch, they picked up one game on Milwaukee. So I mean that that's how difficult it is to to put that together, like, and really over like the last six games, the Cardinals went six and zero, and they picked up a half game on the on the Brewers. Did you know I'm throwing the Minnesota game tonight, dude? Mitch Garver's not in the game. Oh, he's stealing it's pretty TVs. Bad. Pretty bad when Mitch Garver's the seventh number seventh ranked catcher. And uh, fantasy. Yeah, I mean, it's just top ten catcher. It's just a uh, not a hot position. Nope. Fantasy point wise. No, there's definitely been some some catchers with some down years this year. Um, I think like James McCann was one of them. Real Muto took a while to get going. Even he isn't like full bore though, but a little bit better here and there. Yeah. <clears throat> But like I said, I mean, he's seventh. So, I mean, it's, 
I mean, but there's like if, top ten. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like if you if you look at like who's 16th in as a catcher, like that name is probably a little more surprising than there's because like they're you figure the the big thing is that catcher is probably the most common position to split time. All players. Mm-hmm. So from so from a uh, a point total in comparison to others, it's it it can look pretty minuscule. So you really need a catcher that puts up big numbers because he's probably not playing every day necessarily. Um, that's like a lot of times it might even pay to have a players like. Uh, like Joe Maurer was a big one for a while, but like he caught enough to keep his catcher eligibility, but he played a majority of his games at first base and like Real Muto is first base eligible this year. Yeah. So it's like, it, it could be a situation where it's like, Hey, he's playing, you know, he, now he's playing 155 games a year, but he's only catching 25 of them. So you can start him at catcher, but he's not sitting because, well, they had a night game and now they have a day game and they don't want him to, they don't want to tax his body, you know, to that, because, you know, to that extent, because catching is probably the most physically demanding out of any position in baseball from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, I mean, you're just in a crouch position almost the entire time. You can't be in a crouch position for like more than two seconds. Yeah, we definitely are not not built to be catchers. That's for sure. Um, I'm definitely not built to be a catcher. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. <clears throat> oh, did you did you hear that? Oh, I heard that. Which I didn't. Maybe it's because you're standing right there. I heard that. <clears throat> but no, so so I said like I I took kind of a little a little snippet from uh what I think they have going on. Like you said, we <clears throat> last week was all about like playoffs are all that matter. And so really at this point I was like, all right, like what do they need to, what do our teams need to do? And it's kind of like at, at this point, at least for like the foreseeable future. So call it like through the end of August, you know, before you get into like what will be the, the final, you know, I, I guess like, I think we were talking about, we were calling it like, we're kind of into that final lap or whatever you know, the, the final 50 games, maybe it's, maybe that was a little premature, you know, but really it's like when the calendar turns to September, you're, you're on the final lap, maybe, um, it would be the better analogy, but either way, like you just kind of, kind of, you have to continue to put yourself in a position to be successful in September. Like, don't worry about September till you get there, take care of business in August because uh, from like a Cardinals standpoint, they had that opportunity in June and they shit the bed with it. Um, that was the point in time where like they played the Indians, the Cubs, Marlins, Braves, Tigers, Pirates, Diamondbacks, like and all bad. Like and then they they played the Rockies um, before they started to right the ship a little bit. But in that stretch, it's like they split a two-game series with Cleveland. They got swept by the Cubs. They swept the Marlins. Uh, they lost three out of four to the Braves. 
lost both games to the Tigers, lost three out of four to the Pirates. Um, they swept the Diamondbacks, then they lost three out of four to the Rockies. So it was like, hey, they floated around 500. Cool, awesome, good job. Um, but you, you got to be, they, they had to win more of those games. Um, if you look at it from a standpoint, like let's say they, looking back on like realistically how good teams are now. So let's say splitting with Cleveland. Cool. Cause like we talk about all the time, um, it, it's tough to sweep a team. Um, oh, and I forgot they, they lost, they went 0 and four. They got swept in a four game series against Cincinnati at home really to open up June. So if you say they split that series, say they only lose two out of three to the Cubs. So that's three extra wins. Let's say they split with Detroit. Let's say they split with Pittsburgh. So that's five extra wins. And then say they split with Colorado. That's six extra wins. All right. So we're not asking for sweeps of these teams. It was just win a series or split a series. And all of these occasions against teams that are 10 plus games below 500 that they played in the month of June. So if they did that, the Cardinals right now would be 67 and 50. If they won those six games instead of losing them, and they would be a game and a half in front of the San Diego Padres in the second wild card spot. That's real, dude. Yeah. So, and I don't, I don't think that that's asking entirely too much. Um, like if they change those, you're like, I said, you're it's winning two games against Cincinnati at home. It's winning one game at Chicago against the Cubs. It's winning games. I think we said we we should have been winning. Yeah. Winning one game at Detroit, winning one extra game at Pittsburgh, you know, like in a three, like that's like in a three game series, just win one of those games like that. That's what it would be like. They lost three out of four. So if you look at that, the three games they lost, like just take one of three from Pittsburgh. If I were to tell you, like they have a series coming up against Pittsburgh this weekend. If I were to tell you that, like, oh, the Cardinals are only going to win. Like the Cardinals will at least win one game against the Pirates coming up. You'd be like, yeah, no shit. Like, of course they will. So that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think it's unrealistic, but because they were so bad for that stretch, they put themselves in the hole where they're at. So now they're playing such good baseball, and I, I think it's kind of all around. Granted, they're doing it against really bad teams, um, so it, it's well, it, we'll it'll be like yeah, it, it'll be more clear because you know if you look at it like they they did take two out of three from the Giants going into the All Star break. They took two out of three from the Giants coming out of the All Star break. They beat up on the Cubs. Um, you know they took four of six, you know, in the three games before and the four are what ended up being two games before and four games after, but they took four out of six against the giants, four out of six against the Cubs, but then they lost two out of three to Cincinnati on the road. Okay, cool. We talked about that even as well, that when you're on the road, if you can just don't get swept and then you have to win the series when you're at home, if you're not going to win a series on the road, and if you can sweep at home, then now you're now you're winning. So if you take, 
If you sweep at home and you take one out of three on the road, you're four and two in those six games, and that's how you win your division, is just play winning baseball against your division opponents. You should be pretty high up in the standings. That's how math works. Um, but so then they so they lost two out of three against the Reds, a, a team that is competing for a playoff spot. They split a series with the Indians, um, a team that's not going to make the playoffs. They're below 500. Then they took two out of three from the Twins. Again, not a team a team that's not going to make the playoffs. They're below 500 as well at this point by 10, 14 games. So with that series against Cleveland, it, it was kind of more the same. Two against Cleveland, three against the Twins. Then they had the Braves for three games. But then it was three against the Royals, three against the Pirates, three against the Royals smatter in the series against Milwaukee that's coming up three against the Pirates two against Detroit four against the Pirates so it's like you had this stretch from like July 30th or really like July 27th through August 29th that you played six games against a good team you know um if you want to be generous and call Cleveland an average team, maybe you could call Detroit an average team. They're only four games below 500. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see what Cleveland's actual record is right now. Uh, Cleveland's 57 and 59, but they're 10 games out in the in the wild card and in their division. Detroit's 58 and 62. Um, so you know, if you want to be generous and call them an average team because they're floating around 500, sure, cool, all right. I, I can get behind that. But so for a month of baseball, the Cardinals played 10 games out of, you know, probably, what, 25? They had one, two, three, four, five off days in that stretch. So call it 25 games, and 10 of them were against, you know, six against, or six against good teams, four against average teams. 20 against terrible teams to this point. If you count the, they have five left against good or average. And in the other five that they've already played, they're one and four. So that's where I was like, it comes with like that grain of salt. Like if you can't beat the teams that are, you're going to be in the playoffs with it to me, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Now making the playoffs is all that matters. That is step one. But when we say that making the playoffs is all that matters, we just mean that, like, there's no, there's no, like, oh, well, we went on a run. Like, if the Cardinals, the Cardinals were, you know, if they're 10 games back and they cut the division lead down to two games, and let's say, like, San Diego goes on a run and they don't ever catch the Padres, you know, the Padres end up with, like, the third best record in the NL behind San Francisco and LA and they finished third in the NL West. Let's just say in, in a realm that that happens, if the Cardinals finished two, three games behind Milwaukee, where they were 11 out, 12 out at the beginning of August, and they cut that down by 10 games over the final two months. Sure. Like that, that is an accomplishment in of itself. Yeah, cool. But you didn't make the playoffs that is a that is a failure of a season for the San Luis Cardinals. And, and all anyone's going to talk about in the offseason is the series and games you lost that you probably should have won. And some people will talk about, you know, your injuries, but, you know. Right, which I'm not. People are on payroll. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to say that they don't make a difference. Like, it's not something to just be dismissed. You know, but I think 
for me, everyone it, deals with injuries. Everyone. Right. Uh, agreed. Like you, you were certainly not the only team. Um, the Yankees, for example, like they have an entire roster of players for a team. Like they could feel the team from the players that, that were injured as of lately. This no longer is as accurate because Cole's back. Now Montgomery will be back tomorrow. Um, so it's not as accurate, but for a significant time, what Cole was out for two weeks. Um, and yeah, I think my, yeah, I think Montgomery went out around the same time frame. Um, well, no, cause you had, you didn't get, you didn't get any starts the last two weeks from Cole, right? Um, cause he got scratched, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he got scratched yeah, the night, like, like two weeks ago, like on when he was supposed to start, like on Tuesday, that's when it him, came out and he, didn't come back. and he didn't come back until today. And he, and he pitched yeah. fine. Uh, one run over five and two thirds. I'll take it. Yeah. 90 pitches. 17. Yeah. 90 pitches. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's Especially easily win. It's, yeah. It's cool. It's, it's okay. Cause they win and it was a close game. So the bullpen had to keep it, which was also nice. Yes. The, the bullpen has not done that much at all. Um, yeah. Cause I know, I know when you texted me like, Oh, Cole, I hate when they do this. Like, I know you're just like, oh, cool, we're going to the bullpen. It's two to one. Like, yeah, this game's over. We, the Yankees have lost. But, but you weren't watching the game. That's all. I was not. I I was watching it <laughs> via. I was watching it via fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, so so like you said, like every every team deals with their injuries. You know, we've we've talked in great lengths about like the injuries to the Braves, uh, um, rotation. They also lost, like, Ronald Acuna Jr., which is probably better. Right at this point, like, for this year, is probably a better baseball player than anyone currently on the Cardinals roster. Um, I'm not going to – I'm not I'm not going to – I'm not saying that Acuna is going to have a better career than Arenado put together, but – and not that Arenado's having a bad year, but Acuna, I think, is a better baseball player than Nolan Arenado currently yeah. this year to this year. The, it was a bigger loss for the Braves to lose Acuna for the rest of the year, whatnot. And oh, we, we talked yeah, about it. Defensively, and you hit as many home runs as you hit, and you're like the like a leader amongst a guy like Freddie Freeman. Like, yeah, and that's what like I don't, and I'm not taking anything away from Arenado because he's also phenomenal defensively. He had like he's leading it like if he's not leading the Cardinals, he's damn near close to leading the team in home runs. He yeah. he's definitely there. Um, but again, like Arenado's been doing this for 10 years or whatever, you know, eight years. Um, but Acuna's making that same kind of play. Like he's valued at that same level. He's that impactful, you know, with where he's at. Like I put him more at like, this is like the Angels losing Mike Trout is what I put the Braves losing Acuna to. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals without Arenado are a 500 team they proved that last year so like i i think matt carpenter so yeah like i think the the cardinals suffer would suffered far more from like not having a healthy jack flaherty than they would have if they didn't have a healthy nolan arenado right now because like i when the cardinals had offensive troubles it it was like Aeronado wasn't doing anything to like win games single handedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um 
So I, I just think that there are there are bigger key components. Not saying that Flaherty is a better player than Arenado or that he should make more money or anything like that. I think in this season and just this bubble, Flaherty damn, damn. <laughs> Flaherty was a a bigger impact piece for what the Cardinals needed than Arenado um, for for majority of the season. Forty million easily. Yeah. Eighteen opt outs. 18 opt-outs. You can get just give them the Trevor Bauer contract. It'll be fine. Yeah, they, yeah. Just yeah, just give them the exact same one. Yeah, did you ever did you ever watch the TV show Californication? I did not. Oh, okay. So this reference isn't gonna isn't gonna be as relevant then. But but basically, in the show, David Duchovny is an author, and he he's writing a book. And his book ends up getting, like, stolen and published by, like, his ex-wife's new husband's daughter. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like his his ex-wife's stepdaughter, like, steals it and publishes it. But they publish it under the the title uh, Fucking and Punching. (laughs) So that's going to be the title of Trevor Bauer's Memoirs. Like you said, I mean, hopefully. Yeah, like I, yeah, I hope it's not true. You know, like, not not because I'm like a Trevor Bauer fan, because really, I fuck that guy, whatever. Um, I mean, but we were for a minute. I mean, we were like, yeah, through the anyway. Yeah, like like, I really, like I. Well, and and it's not, it's not even that I disagree with his mindset. Like I. I liked the candor that he offered. Um, I liked how outspoken he was and really went the route to be like, Hey, like this should be okay. Like this should be acceptable. Um, I, I love the, him doing like the, like the back and forth that him and Tatis jr. Had, you know, with like, he trains with one eye to like help his control or whatever the case may be. Or like him doing the Connor McGregor walk off the mound. Like, I think that shit's fucking funny. Like I, I'm all for it being in the game. Um, unfortunately I just, I think that he got overpaid, which is, which is fine to each their own. But then when it was like, <clears throat> like whenever he would I don't know, like whenever he got the contract that was probably worthy of like the greatest pitcher of to ever play the game he started to act like he's the greatest pitcher ever to win the game and that that's when I I lost feel for him I was like you're just another douche yeah. and this money went straight to your head I think that's a good timeline too um it was literally like I'm like dude you like yeah, no, you're just yeah. It's like smart. I and then the spin rate and the right. this and then like I'm the smartest guy in the room. Right, and I and I think that like he did like he did drive a lot of attention to it. I think he is extremely intelligent when it comes to like the mechanics of pitching. Um, like I've watched some of his other stuff even before all this, like in his time frame, like when he was in Cincinnati and he still made some of this content available. Like his brand wasn't quite as big as what it is now. Um, but like he, he did well, like, cause he got traded to Cincinnati at the end of 2019. And then he re-signed the one year deal there. Uh, and pitched in 2020. Um, I think him getting his Cy Young was extremely skewed. Um, I think that the, the voters probably missed the, missed the boat there 
taking into consideration who he pitched against. Um, but all just so hyped up about his spin rate, and right? Low ERA, right? So his, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's a sixty games played. You know, they were like, oh, freaking out about it. Yeah, like I'm never, I'm never going to say he's a bad pitcher because I don't, I don't think he is. Um, I don't think he's worth the yeah. deal he got from LA. Like if the Yankees signed him to that, I would have fucking bit my tongue. It's, like I would have, it's hard to be worth that at all. Like, you know, yeah. it's hard to just be going to like live up to that no matter who you are. Yeah. I mean, I, in his, like why well, he made 17 starts with the Dodgers this year, um, eight and five, 2.59 ERA through 107 innings. Um, like I, like that's, that's pretty sad. Like he was well on his way to hit the 200 innings mark. Um, he had, struck out 137 guys and 107 innings. So, you, you know, is that like 11 and a half Ks per nine? Um, his walk rate was up pretty significantly, but, you know, what, whatever. Um, I don't know how much of that was after, like he didn't make very many starts after the whole sticky situation crackdown happened because this stuff came out. But I was like, hey, <laughs> A, like, regardless of who the person is, like, anytime this comes up, I like, like the Marcelo Zuna stuff, I hope it isn't true. Like, I hope maybe it was blown out of proportion. I don't have a horse in the race one way or the other, but I just hope that n- no, no one has to endure any kind of abuse, mental or physical, at all. Like, right. it should just, you know, let alone if it's, yeah, especially if it's like your husband or your wife, like that's what you signed on to for life. So, you know, I, I don't think that there's some sort of like the sanctity of marriage, but you committed fucking find a way to make it work and you should be able to do so without putting your hands on her. Um, Dude, Connor Joe's really two for three tonight. Oh. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, like I, I have no problems with the stuff that Bauer's into, if that's what Bauer wants to be into, if it's consensual. Like, if that, like, I I know some chicks that are into some crazy shit. That's never my cup of tea, but and that's definitely teach an area their own. Where, like, not everybody, like, not everybody's even comfortable talking about their, like, sexual life anyway. Right. So when someone else, it's like, feel, what do they say? Like, don't kink shame people. Right. Like, and, I, and I'm a, probably honestly into some, what other, what some other people. Right. Would think weird I, right. Too. I am certain. Yeah. I, I would be, I would almost be certain that there are things that I've done in the privacy of my own home that like some people would be like, Oh my God, like you're a yeah. heathen. It's just, a, you don't make $40 million in pitch for the Correct. Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. And I'm, and I'm certain that there are people out there that are in a far worse than anything he's into. 100%. You know, not like nothing illegal, like all that aside, you know, but it's like, like the, the court of public opinion, there are many of people that are like, who would ever consent to being punched in the face after being choked on conscious? Like, well, there's people that are into that. (laughs) So it sounds crazy, but if that's what they sign up for, like if that's what they're into, you know, but like it. I also don't think it's outside the realm of possibility, not saying that that's what this, these women are doing, but I don't think it's, it's this far fetched idea that they were like, yeah, I'm into it knowing that, well, if he does this, like I'm going to take pictures. And if the time ever comes up that someone comes forward, like I can also come forward and I'll do these things. And like, 
they like uh, I guess the 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 version of the restraining order that they have or whatever is just so that way like he couldn't be in touch with them but that to me is pretty irrelevant like given like what Bauer and his attorney has come forward and said and, like they've also said like this chick was like super off the deep end and they wanted he wanted nothing to do with her as well so it's like yeah. well he didn't go to the extent of filing anything but if he was like don't ever talk to me again like lose my number you're dead to me and she's like well then i'm gonna file this police report thing so that way if if anything ever comes up i can come forward with it and say this what it is not saying that that's what they're doing but i don't think it's that crazy and i think that like it it wouldn't surprise me especially now where what he makes is public knowledge. Like he is set to make $120 million over the next three years. Like there's no way he was opting out of that contract. And even now, like even if he gets in trouble, the MLB can suspend him. And when he gets that suspension, it can be anywhere. I think from like uh, 10 to 162 games, um, assuming there's no jail time. I think if he serves jail time, it varies then as well. But I think like, or I think like if there is jail time, that time during that sentence doesn't count towards your, your suspension. Like they have to be games that you're eligible. So it's like, if you're hurt, like he couldn't be like, well, I'm suspended for the year. So I'm going to have Tommy John surgery. And then the team just put him to the IL. Like, okay. He should be uh, currently donating his paychecks to like women's rights or anything. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess like, sure. I, I could see where like that, that that might, might be a good move, but I am really, I guess you could make the argument that they should donate part of their money to a couple different, you know, charities anyway. You know, like, cause at the grand scheme I of mean, things, like what, probably, what's a hundred grand, does. right. So like at the end of the at the end of the day, like what's a hundred grand to him? Um, yeah. So if he has ten charities a year that he donates ten thousand dollars to, like that's him just donating away as much like more than I make in a year. Yeah, I'm just saying like he's not like he's not currently even pitching for that money. So like just like as a good PR look, you know, like cool. Well, like this is what's like driving your time. So right, no, completely completely agree. That like that that would be that that would be the aspect uh, like that that certainly could be a play, but I guess for me like if it came out that this is what he was doing with his money, I I would think that it is just uh it's just a ruse like hey this this is me trying to show I I love women yeah you know, like I wouldn't put my hands on him look at all these good things that I'm doing because I'm certain he's donating currently and that isn't openly promoted so I don't think it needs to be public knowledge but I think that I I would hope that if you make that kind of money you give back in some manner um especially to like medical research I uh, like it's a big one for me always yeah like um. Like well, that. We're doing the what the K's for whatever. Um, dollars per K or something. Yeah, like something that. like that. But yeah, so I mean, like if they're doing like cancer research, like whatever, whatever type of cancer, like some sort of research for that, like you know, I I think if they wanted to donate towards like I don't know, even stuff like dealing with the flu, like just random shit that you like. Hey, like we're trying to find 
like there's this research company that's trying to find a better way to identify and treat pneumonia before it becomes severe, you know, or we're trying to find a way to, to better and identify and recognize micro seizures, you know, or, or something along those lines. Like there's these things that like epilepsy, you know, epilepsy deals with that. that like you, you have this mini seizure in your sleep and you just may never wake up from it. So it's this terrible thing. And then they're like, Hey, well, here, here's, you know, 50K, maybe this funds your research for another year. Like, I, I don't know how much it costs to do that research. So right. Maybe maybe 50K is a month. I don't know. Maybe it's five years. I don't fucking know. But, but like, that, that aspect, I would I would hope that that's where it's at. You know, like, or, like, children's homes and shit like that, which, which a ton of, like, I'm certain they do. Or even if, like, uh, the Cardinals do. You know, it's like there's like Cardinals care and all that good stuff. So even if they're like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And I know, I know like with, you know, with where, where we work, you know, that a lot of times like, hey, this, this person's going through this. And it's like, if whatever people, whatever we can raise in donations for them will match, you know, it's like, like I would imagine like the Cardinals do something like that. It's like, hey, we're, we're going to match whatever gets raised. And the players may turn around and be like, Hey, we're we're all gonna throw in, you know, ten grand, you know, or hey, we're we're gonna donate, like we're gonna pull together and donate as much as we can, because, you know, not not everyone's made. Like there might be like, like a Lars Newt Bar, yeah, yeah, like okay. yeah, like Lars Newt Bar is it, you know, he's having a pretty big cup of coffee, but there's a possibility that he never makes it back up to the majors again if he gets yeah. sent back down yeah, after this off season. You know, it's like the you know, that could be his well-being. Like, he's a young guy, but eventually he's going to be married and have kids. Who, hopefully, yeah. who knows? But that that would be money aside for that wedding, that dream honeymoon, that his kids' first cars, his kids going to college. Like, I would hope that that's the type of stuff that he's that he's doing with this money. Um, uh, see, I would have been the guy that went back, like, would have been called up to the majors, you know, made a couple game checks. And then when I got sent back down for corresponding moves or whatever, you know, business is business, I'd have taken them game checks and went and partied, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's dumb. <laughs> no, man. Now, now, granted, granted, if I were going through that and I'm 24 years old, 24-year-old Alex probably would be on board for the same shit. Like, that's how many saying, you know? how many beers can we get? Like, let's see how many tacos we can order from Jack in the Box before they're like, we don't have that many. Yeah. Three weeks ago, we were all broke, man. Yeah. Chris has been up there. He got, let's go. Got game check. We're good. Yeah, let's go to a Jack in the Box and let's buy all of their tacos. Because I want to say that I bought all of the tacos at a Jack in the Box. Yeah. So I, I will say at least at that point, like you're creating memories, camaraderie. Like if you're if you're feeding the team. You know, like, uh, you made it up to the show, you're up there for two weeks, you know, 14 games, 10 games, whatever you come back down. So you take the, you take the, you take the Memphis Redbirds out to dinner somewhere nice, you know, like, Hey, you, you guys were all, all a part of me making it there. I I could get behind that. Yeah. But you know, it's like when you're, when you're up there, you know, it's like, I'm sure like a way Sure, Wayno's making $5 million, but that $5 million probably isn't super relevant to him. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, he strikes me as a pretty smart guy. I'm certain he's he's probably invested. Um, you know, he's setting up for his retirement. He knows he's not going to do this forever. I'm certain he's also going to coach. 
at some point. So it's not like he's going anywhere. Like I could at least see him being a pitching coach, if not managing a team in some, at some point in the future. I think his, I think he's got a kid going to be. Yeah. I don't know if they, I I forget how many he has, but I know he has a daughter that's getting ready to go into high school. Yeah, yeah, maybe that was it or something. So yeah, because they're like I was listening to 101 and they were saying that like they think that that like uh, character was saying that he thinks that that's the the bigger aspect of whether or not Wayne would come back next year is whether like Mama Wainwright was like, yep, we're, we'll approve this. Like if it were up to Adam, he'd probably pitch till his arm fell off. But they wanted some sort of normalcy for her when she went into high school. It's like what, a, yeah, like according to character. Run up your whole life, and your dad is a professional baseball player. Yeah, and well, and be another four years of your dad. And majority, yeah, yeah, and majority of the time that he's traveling, it's the summer anyway. That's like a, half the season is the summer months. You're not in school anyway. But like, I guess at the at that same point, like, I he doesn't get a ton of time away. It's not like you can take vacation during the season. So for summer trips, like he may not necessarily be there. Like you're you're doing stuff around his work schedule. Like I'm um, I'm sure baseball is far more demanding than just two and a half three hours a night <laughs> yeah, at yeah. a baseball game. So, so. so you know, oh uh, yeah, I'm just being greedy. Right, right. <clears throat> so we'll we'll see. Like and I, but that's what I'm saying. Like I so for Bauer, like I. I hope that he is doing that stuff anyway. So if it became if it became public, I would assume it's him trying to buy better light. Like and honestly it probably and a lot of people probably make him look more guilty. That's like we well, probably did do this shit if you think now you need to donate to him. <laughs> like, you yeah. probably did beat that woman. Yeah, the internet would take take that yeah. pretty well. And and he he's fucked anyway. Like no one like it's impossible to not damage a relationship, you know, like to, to put it in even like any perspective, like if it came out, like if it came out that you heard just through the grapevine or whatever, that we, we all were hanging out, we were at a party, we all got drunk. And then from that night, there was rumor that, you know, I, I did something to somebody that was on, that was not consensual. Like, at that point, like, you're forced to make a decision that whether you either are going to continue to associate with me or you aren't. There, there isn't, there isn't necessarily a, a good answer in that because you don't know all the facts, but if you continue to associate yourself with me, everyone's just going to treat you like you support a rapist. And if you don't, then, like, our, our relationship is is damaged because when I needed you to have my back, you didn't. So like at this point, the Dodgers organization was like, well, we can either burn alive in the, the public eye and stand by Bauer through all this with knowing nothing, or we can distance ourselves and let it go about. But his locker room, like the other players are like, at this point, we just don't want him back. So it's like, even if you did absolutely nothing, how can you go back into the locker room? It's like Tarasenko. Like, there's been so much going on that you've, like, like here's who I want to be traded to. I'm not, like, I'm going out on my terms. I call all the shots. I don't want to be here anymore. You need to trade me, but you're only going to trade me to teams that I want to go to. 
he like if he doesn't like if a deal doesn't happen like if Armstrong can't deal him and he's coming back to player camp like the training camp coming back to the Blues locker room like everyone knows he doesn't want to be there it's like why is anyone gonna want to like all right we're comrades we're in this together like we're buddies we're in the trenches when this dude's trying to bail out yeah like that that locker room's fractured already but I mean, what what can they do though? So it's like, well, I can't stand by you because if I do, I'm just guilty by association, and you're guilty until proven innocent. So if it comes out that you didn't do this and none of this really happened, sure, like maybe we can start to patch that back up. Maybe you know he doesn't pitch the rest of this year. Maybe the Dodgers are like, hey, you should opt out of your contract maybe he goes to Japan and continues to pitch or he just hangs it up and he's just done. And he walks away from baseball, which would be sad to see. Cause again, like he might be a piece of shit, but he's not a, he's not a bad pitcher. Like it is talent that should be at the major league level. And it isn't. Well, if he hangs it up, he ain't, he ain't giving none of them dollars. Back. Well, and that, that's the other thing is that if they, so like if he gets suspended, that would be without pay. But if the Dodgers cut him, regardless of the reason, they still have to pay him for the rest of that contract. So it's like then you find yourself in a situation where, well, he's get like the Dodgers released him. He's getting paid by the Dodgers for the next three years. Are you like you as a Cardinals fan? Are you like, nope. I don't want him here at league minimum for the next two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, ah, like, do I really care that you're a piece of shit? <laughs> like, if you help my team win a world series, do I really care that you're just not a good dude? Again, assuming that he didn't do it. Like if he did do it, fuck that guy. He should probably be in jail and he just shouldn't be in baseball anyway. Like, he shouldn't be at any profession because he should just be in prison. All for it. But if he did it, like if he is found innocent, whether he did it or not, if he's found innocent, you know, you're like, okay, I like, sure. I, I'm, if they're, if they signed him to two years for, you know, uh, you know, 600 K a year to the Yankees, I, I would be okay with it. And maybe I'm a terrible person because of that, but yeah, I mean you're you're you know, kind of terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like it's you just, typical Yankee. You just care more about winning than you do anything else. So. Yeah, I that that is my interest in the Yankees. Like, I'm sadly enough, I am not overly familiar with like what they what they do. Now, granted, I don't. I'm not in the Yankee community, so it isn't as easy to see. Um, but like I hear more about just like in other local publications, like what the Cardinals are doing. And, you know, I see, you know, especially like being a blue season ticket holder, like pub, like shit that they send out, like the Cardinals and blues are going to be doing this and that. It's like, I see more of it. I'm sure the Yankees do similar stuff. Um, but there's, there's also like, it's, it's just a way bigger community and they're, the Yankees aren't even the only team in New York. Like, yeah. so it, it just, it feels like a, a different aspect. Um, but yeah, like I would imagine that most people, their, their love for the Yankees 
comes from them being a winning baseball team. Um, if the Yankees went through a stretch where like they didn't make the playoffs for three years and they were just playing like a mediocre 500 baseball for an extended period of time, like similar to what the Cardinals have gone through over the last five years, it, it would be fully unacceptable as a Yankees fan. Like the, it would be, the world would be burning for a Yankees fan. Whereas Cardinals fans, not, not saying that they're less passionate, but they, they put more, more weight into some of those other things. Um, you know, where it's like, everyone talks about like Jack Buck in really high regard. Um, like that, that's like a, a big aspect of, of what was here, like of Cardinal baseball. And like no one, like even having like family and stuff like that, that are pretty big Yankees fans. No one talks about like Michael Sterling in the same way that people talk about Jack Buck. <laughs> so it's just like, there's, it's just another, that's why we're the BFIB. Dude. Um, yeah, I get that's why you feel that way. Um, yo, hey, you're you're crowned the BFIB. You don't you don't name yourself the BFIB. That's not true at all. Okay. No, and okay. Cardinal Nation was stolen from other teams. Okay. Like there's like Red Sox Nation was a thing before. Yeah, but every Cardinal Nation. nation. Dude, everything's a nation. Dude. No, there's Bills no nation, Yankee Nation. Blues Nation. There's no Yankees Nation. No, there's yes, not. Network. Nope. Yes, yes, Network Nation. Hear about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. the conglomerate of Yankees fans were the evil empire. Oh yeah, so the evil empire. Another name for Yankees Nation. <laughs> Woo! But no one, no one calls it Yankees Nation. Trent yeah, Grisham, Colorado Rockies, blowing leads late. Padres tied it. You're just mad that it's not named Yankees Nation. <laughs> yeah, I'm so mad. I'm going to Google Yankees. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure some, you know, a-hole out there has a website or something. Ooh, Yankees Nation is a podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure someone has it because they they're 1, terrible. They have 1,600 followers. Yeah. They record on Mondays. They put on an episode today. Bullpen struggles and injuries. Possible returns for injured Yankees. The bullpen is being used too much. And how the bullpen can get back on track. Hashtag squad up. The bullpen's not being used too much. These guys are dummies. That's why they go by Yankees Nation. See, this is a good name. Pinstripe Alley? That That's a good name. Yeah, pinstripealley.com? Yeah, that's a good yeah, name. When you search Yankees Nation, that's the first thing that pops up. What is that? Who cares how it gets, how you find you know it? Because they're Yankees Nation. Hey. No, because the... The company that or what it's on is SB Nation. I don't know what SB stands for in this case. It looks like it is a website of some sort. Maybe it's sports ball. Or secret base looks like it might be. Or maybe secret base is just like another thing in here. Mm -hmm. But either way, 
190 Yankee Nation ideas on Pinterest. Yeah, there are 190 terrible ideas. Yankee Nation is not a thing. Okay, now this is I really cool. it's like a art. Uh, I really like this logo. On Pinstripe Alley, I really like their logo. It's like pinstripe lines, but the coloration makes the outline of the Empire State Building. check it out Look at yeah that. that's pretty cool i like that it's a good design work good design work pinstripe alley pinstripe alley pinstripe alley on it right now where's it it's just their oh, logo oh. up the top like the picture and in, inside the circle see, see. gotta zoom in a lot oh. you don't have to zoom in at all yeah what does that say sb nation yeah that's why i said i was trying to figure out what sb stands for it's like if you it has SB Nation on there because that's what hosts their podcast. It looks like. What do you mean? I don't have to zoom in. You don't know how far I gotta zoom in. Well, get better eyes if you have to zoom in. I mean, I'm at a much lower resolution than you are, and maybe I'm already on like eighty percent. So to be able to see the pinstripes, I have to zoom in a little higher. That and what I'm saying is, get better eyes then. I mean, I can read all the words. <laughs> but... I... All I can tell you is that you shouldn't need to scroll in to see, like, unless you're looking at the icon in, like, the little medallion that says, like, Ask Pinstripe Alley. Is that where you're looking at it? Um, no, like, right at, like... The top, right by fan posts? Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't need to scroll in. Yeah, and I am at (laughs) 90% of my browser. Okay, I will be at 90% of my browser. I still can see what I'm talking about. Uh, let me show you a picture of how uh, what 90% of mine looks like. Yeah. I'm still not going to be looking through your terrible eyesight. Yeah. I if I if I have it if I have it to where it's just the picture in Discord, I can't see it. But as soon as I click into it, it's fine. Get get your eyes fixed, bro. Get some glasses. Twenty twenty vision, bro. <laughs> for who? For who? Hmm? For who? What were you twelve? No, it was just. Uh, Where are the Cardinals on this chart? Oh, there they are. World Series champions. Is that old? Uh, I feel like it says zero wins down at the bottom. I'm going to check your eyesight. I can't see it. I, I can't tell either. <laughs> uh, I feel like it says zero wins, especially with the other teams that are down there. This chart is outdated because the Astros have a World Series championship. And the Washington does as well. Hey, Rockies walk it off. CJ Crone. Apo Taco. Did I actually get a blown save from that or anything, or what? Nope. I didn't have anyone playing in that game. Oh, Luis Robert hit a home run for Kurt, though. Some. How is Kansas City even, like, hanging out with Houston right now? Oh, they're, they're winning. It was Hudson that gave it up, not Melanson. So, no negative points there. 
Yeah, so I'm down like Oh, did Kansas City win? Is that game over already? No, no, no. Right. It's Kansas City's oh, up 7-6. Oh, wait. It just ah, ended. Just Man. ended. Literally. I forgot whenever I changed the change the games the volume kicks on so you didn't hear it but everyone listening to the podcast just heard them calling Kansas City the winners of that game nice. alright I'm going to change it again so I'm sorry hopefully I can mute it before it blows up alright I did yep. commercial break in progress put the White Sox game on because I need Oakland to lose so yeah put the White Sox game on as well <clears throat> so so speaking of that segue back into our uh our agenda where where are we at how long we've been recording like an hour yeah hour hour 10 roughly um yeah so cardinals big series against milwaukee coming up starts tomorrow um i think it'll be telling so their offense has been pretty pretty phenomenal as of late um even in games that they've lost like dating back to i think if you do the series, um, it's like the same time frame we were looking at. So you go back to July 27th, it's like with the Indians series. Um, it was one, two, three, uh, three games that they haven't scored four or more runs. And that is how many total? Two, five, eight. 11, 14, 17. So 14 of the last 17 games, they have scored four or more runs. Again, granted, they were against some pretty shitty teams. You know, playing the Royals six times and the Pirates three times in your last nine games. Not very good. But, so that that's where that continued role comes into play. Like, if they can... If they can take this in, like, I I feel like they really need to win this series. Um, however they do that, doesn't matter. Um, as long as they get, they they win two out of three, I think you find yourself in a good spot. Um, with the Padres losing, the Cardinals are now four games back, and they have four games in hand on San Diego. So if they win those games, they're really two games back um, with all the extra games they have. So I don't know when they will be making those up, but it, it goes that way. Um, we don't. We just play less games than everybody else. <laughs> true. Um, so yeah, so it'll it for me, it's just continuing to handle business. If you can take two out of three from Milwaukee, um, I, I feel like you really, like, it de- to me it depends on what you do against Pittsburgh as to then what needs to happen in the Pirate or in the Tiger series. Um, I, I think if they take two out of three from Milwaukee and then they go, like, 12 and three, 11 and four, and those other games, so so right now in those other games they're uh, eight and one, and they have 
uh, nine games left. So I think if they go, what I say, like, so really if they go like six and three, something like that, I like on the on the low end, that would be like the the bare minimum of what's acceptable would be six and three, if they win the Brewer series. Um, I think if you lose the Brewer series, you know you so you really you can have like four losses, in my opinion, on the the ad, absolute worst over yeah. these next what is it twelve games, three yeah, so six. This- Eight, twelve, yeah. You pretty much half. You're accounting for like losing to the Brewers once or twice, losing to the Pirates maybe once, and then probably losing the Tigers maybe once. Yeah, that that's what I would think is that if you lose to the Brewers once, you lose to the Tigers once, and then you could afford to drop two of the seven games to the Pirates. If you go five and two against the Pirates, win the the Brewer series, split with Detroit. I think you're you should be in a pretty good spot. Um, I I think at that point you have done enough to likely hold suit with you know the the teams you're chasing. Because um, I mean at that at that point like excluding what's been done up to this point, but so you would be I'll say so two and three, four and two. Five and three, so you'd go like eight and four over that stretch. I think if you're playing six sixty six baseball over the course of two weeks, that's productive. Like that's really good, um, and you should ideally be closing the gap in that time frame. Um, the downside is that I think that that might be enough. Like you could see San Diego in that same stretch you know, play 500 and now you've caught them. So you're, you're looking at a point where let's say Cardinals are even going into the last weekend of, uh, of August, but then September it's three against the Reds, three against the Brewers, four against the Dodgers, three against the Reds, three against the Mets, three against the Padres, four against the Brewers, four against the Cubs, three against the Brewers, three against the Cubs. So, yep, you have the the lowly Chicago Cubs, seven of your last ten games, and they are god-awful right now. Um, I think they've lost ten in a row. Uh, sorry, eleven in a row. They've just been in a nosedive. Their season is basically over. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the Pirates ended up catching them somehow. That's how bad they're playing. So, A, those games may not matter. Like, that last series may be irrelevant. Um, if other teams have already clinched. So like if you didn't handle business at the beginning of September, the end of September probably doesn't matter. Also, it's something that the Cubs can get up for. Like if they get to play spoiler and they know their season's over, but they single-handedly take the Cardinals out of the playoffs, that's something that a team can hang their hat on to, to yeah. call it a, a win. So yeah, yes, the Cubs aren't spoiler. good. Yeah. Granted the Cubs are not good, but don't like, don't be surprised if the Cubs, you know, get up for that series um, to really play a point, you know, like to, to ruin that. And it could even be like taking three of those seven games ends the Cardinals season. You know, I don't know who the Brewers play in that time frame. Well, chances are the Brewers probably won't matter. The Brewers will probably have clinched a playoff spot by that point in time. But let's see like who, who Cincinnati plays. 
The Brewers are like Chris Mann of the Blue and Gold League, you know? Just clinching playoffs. Yeah. So the so the Reds have three against the Cubs that they just started tonight, and they won tonight fourteen to five. So they have two more against the Cubs. Then they play the Marlins for four. They have Milwaukee for three. Then they play the Marlins for three. Um, and then they have that series with the Cardinals at the end of the month. So in the same time frame that the Cardinals aren't playing anybody but the Brewers, the Reds aren't playing anybody but the Brewers. <laughs> so you could reel in the Padres together, but you may not gain a whole lot on Cincinnati. Um, then their September. Um, so, so same, they play the Cardinals the end of August. Then it's three against Detroit, three against Chicago, the series against the Cardinals three against the Pirates, three against the Dodgers, three against the Pirates, four against the Nationals, and then they wrap up, or then they have two against the White Sox, and then three against the Pirates to end the year. Um, that series versus the White Sox, probably not going to face anyone super relevant. Um, White Sox will probably be resting guys. They'll, they'll have certainly clinched by that time frame, um, so they'll likely be setting up their rotation for guys to pitch. Um on normal rest for the their opening series. <clears throat> uh, yeah, but other than that, like it's the Dodgers. That's it. The the Reds, other than the Cardinals, the Reds play five games against teams with winning record. Um if you throw, they play. So if you if you exclude the Cardinals, which is six games, I think, the Reds play eight games from now till the end of the season against the team with a winning record. <laughs> so it might be pretty tough to catch them as well. <laughs> like you're the Cardinals are certainly going to have to beat good teams. Um, and, and that's why I said that, like, I, I think it might just be too far gone um, because September's schedule for the Cardinals is just absolutely grueling. Um, I'm going to go look at what the Padres have. I'm sure we'll talk about this all in greater detail as it goes on, but for right now. Um, so they're playing the Rockies, which I'm – the Padres aren't playing good baseball right now. It's also the Rockies at home – are. In Colorado, which is a much better team than on the road, but they just lost three out of four to the Diamondbacks. Um, granted, Tatis Jr. was hurt during that stretch for all but the last game, which is the game they won. Um, so they have two more against Colorado, then they play the Phillies, then the Dodgers, uh, two against the Angels, three against the Diamondbacks, um, and that takes them into September. But then it's Houston, the Angels, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Giants, the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Giants. So the Padres schedule is ridiculously tough. And they're playing one, let's see. I mean, it doesn't help when you, uh, you know, lose to Colorado. Yeah, it certainly they doesn't. they were in Colorado, weren't they? Yeah, they, yeah, they were in yeah, Colorado yeah. tonight, which yeah. the Rockies at home are a much better team record-wise yeah, than on the road, but it's, a, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous how how different it is. So they so after Colorado, they have the Phillies who are fighting for a playoff spot. They have the Dodgers who are going to be a playoff team. 
Um, Angels and Diamondbacks are terrible. The Astros are winning their division. Then the Dodgers. So LA, Houston. Uh, so sorry, not LA. Dodgers, Astros, Dodgers, Giants, Cardinals, Giants, Braves, Dodgers, Giants. So they have nine series remaining against teams that are currently in the playoffs or are realistically fighting for a playoff spot right now. Call it within five games of a playoff spot. They have one. They have a a two-game series. They have two different two-game series against the Angels and a series against the, the Diamondbacks. So they have seven games against teams that aren't currently within five games of the playoffs. Um, nine, if you count the two left against Colorado. And I'm double-checking just to make sure Anaheim isn't. Yeah, Anaheim's not. So LA is, is further out than that. But so they have nine games starting now, the rest of the year, against teams that are not in the playoffs currently or within five games of a playoff spot. And the five games and the within five games of a playoff spot really only adds in the Cardinal series and the Philly series. So it's very, it's very likely that the Cardinals can catch San Diego if they win. I still think it's very unlikely that they catch Cincinnati. And I think Cincinnati like showed that tonight with, you know, just, blown up for 14 runs with their offense like they're just playing good baseball as of late you know like they're they're only six and four in their last 10 but what did we say before we started the cardinals you know make this nice big run for end up winning it all i think is what you said um that it's not that is not <laughs> that's not the picture I drew up. I, I did say, I did say they were I did say they were going to make it to the World Series. Yep. I did say that that, that that's what was going to happen. No, I said they were going to get I said they were going to get swept by the White Sox. Nolan Arenado guarantees us the wild card spot. Spags guarantees us the World Series. Here we go. Yeah, so I'm taking a look. Um. As of late, they the Reds split with the Twins, swept the Pirates in a four-game series, lost a makeup game to the Indians, lost two out of three to the Braves, took two out of three from the Phillies. So it, it was really Atlanta that they ran into. Um, dropped a game to the Phillies, dropped a game to the Indians, which I think is going to happen from time to time. Because um, like I said, it's, it's tough to sweep teams. But you could you could easily see them turn around and go seven and zero this week with three against Chicago and then four against Miami. So the car the Cardinals could end up going, you know, five and one, four and two. You know, say you win the series against the Brewers, you win the series against the Pirates. Seems reasonable. They could lose two and a half games on the Reds in doing that. By you know playing six sixty six baseball for a week and they lose two and a half games. You know, and to show how how quickly it can happen, I mean the Reds didn't play bad 
like we said, they, they had the one hiccup against the Braves who were beating up on fucking everybody right now. Yeah. Um, but the Cardinals going six and oh, they picked up three and a half games between on Cincinnati from last time we recorded to today, you know, so I guess I guess it's technically three games because the Reds won tonight, so they got one of those half games back. But you know the Cardinals have three games in hand on like everybody. Um, sorry, it's two in hand on the Brewers, three in hand on the Reds, four in hand on the Padres now. Um, so definitely some makeups to to be had for the Cardinals. Uh but if you if you don't lose, it becomes very easy to to pick up games. You know, it's just how it goes. So we'll we'll see. Um, but I I would not be surprised if they are right there in the hunt. You know, tied with or maybe like two games out, one game out of that second wild card spot going into September. I just don't think that that's where they'll be coming out of September. Yeah, I gotta try to do. It's just gonna take me a little extra legwork. I figured someone had already like did a little legwork, or maybe I just don't know how to use Fangraphs well enough or something to figure out what the Cardinals like September uh, winning percentages over the time. Um, to, you know, try to hopefully just say that you know, hey. Or a September baseball team, and then say with facts, but I haven't found those numbers yet. So I'm gonna have to do that before September rolls around. I will. I will try to re- to remind you. Because I feel like the Cardinals a lot of times were in this. Like this is the exact same scenario. This scenario, the, you know, oh, I hope we just don't miss the playoffs. So maybe we'll actually try to get an impact through the off season. Like none of those things work out well for us. We always just win just enough games. Right. Or well, the uh, franchise to well, hey, feel good about hey, life. So here, at a at a glance, we can I can here's one way we can do it. So the Cardinals finished last year, which granted it's a little skewed. Um, they finished thirty and twenty eight. So on. So after August thirty first, the Cardinals were thirteen and thirteen. So they play. So what is that? Seventeen and fifteen in September. Now, yes. granted, it's very, very small, a very skewed aspect if you just using last year. But so let's go back to like the last full season, twenty nineteen. Cardinals finished ninety one and seventy one. And on. Yeah. August, so after, with the conclusion of August 31st game, so start of day, September 1st, the Cardinals were 75 and 59. And what we say, they were 91 and 71. Mm-hmm. So I think that is, what, 16 and 15? No. 16 and 12? Right? Yeah, 16 and 12. Yeah, so four games above 500 for... The month of September, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you play four games above 500 all year, you're look, like you would finish, call roughly like, you let's say starting like, above 500. Yeah. no, not if you finish about four games above 500 every month, 
No, you would not finish. Um, it would be simple math is called seven months, April through September. So I mean, you're looking at 28 games above 500. You know, the, if we look at like the, the best record in baseball in 2019 was the Astros. They finished. I feel like these are numbers are skewed because this is the year of video game stats. Because like the Dodgers were 50 games above 500, the Astros were 52 games above 500, the Twins were 40 games above 500, and they had the third best record in the AL. Let me go. Let me go look at 2018, where maybe things are more realistic. All right. Um, yeah, so here, all right, so, um, Milwaukee won the Central 96 and 67, so they were 29 games above 500, um, and they, they won the division by one game, um, the Braves being in the East when the East was still real bad, which it now is just mediocre, um, they were 18 games above 500, uh, the Dodgers were 21 games above 500, um, Cleveland was 20 games above 500. The Astros were 44 games above 500. The Red Sox were like 54 games above 500. But needless to say, like 28 games is likely going to put you into a playoff spot. Um, Colorado was the second wild card. They were uh, 19 games above 500. So if, if you're playing four games above 500 every month for an entire year, you're probably in the playoffs come the end of the year. So I, I would think that there's, there's probably, we would probably find that the Cardinals have a winning record in September far more often as of late. Let's go like, go back to say like the beginning of uh, the two thousands, you know, you're probably going to find that they were, you know, they they had a winning record in September more often, and it's probably quite a bit more often than they had a losing record in September. Um, I think it's it's more so the Cardinals fall short of making the playoffs when they start to push for for that playoff push, then they fall apart in September. If that makes sense. Did you say we're going to win it all? No, I didn't. Yeah. I don't, my opinion, the Cardinals aren't going to make the playoffs, but that'd be down. Um, that'd be down. I, I agree. It, uphill battle, and it just hasn't looked good for a while. Especially, I mean, when you go eight and two and you only pick up one game over the last couple of weeks. I mean, we've been saying that. Like, I think it was started like two or three weeks ago. It's like they're sure picking up games. Like, you got a bunch of games against Milwaukee, but you can't realistically win all those. And we haven't really picked up games on. I guess two in Cincinnati last week, but you know, it's still. Uh... All right. I got, I got nervous there for a second. I was trying to like bring up Streamlabs to see where we were at recording wise, but it was just showing blank when I opened the window and I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know if we're still recording. It looks like we still are, but I was like, I don't know if I close out of it, if it will continue to record. And I was like, and I don't know how to stop recording if i can't get to streamlabs so but it, it loaded so we're good 
All right. Nice. Um. But yeah. So in the in the same vein that I don't feel like the uh, Cardinals are going to make the playoffs, I also am not sold on the Yankees making the playoffs. Like they also have made a push. Um, but it's, uh, like they, like everyone that needs to, to win is just winning still. It's like the most annoying thing in the world. Um, trying to find, there's an article I was reading earlier, trying to see if I can, if I can find what it was because it like broke down some stuff um maybe it was here um yeah okay this is it um so ah stop where's this ad at oh my god oh did you get an ad on the streamer now (laughs) yeah Okay, there we go. But I didn't know where it was playing from. It was like some sweet techno music. It sucks that you can't hear it. Like, it was rocking out. So, um, so like we were talking about with the with where the Cardinals are at in terms of uh, changes and games back and whatnot. So, the Yankees went 4-2 last week. They took two out of three from Kansas City on the road. Took two out of three from Chicago. Should have swept, but Zach Britton's a bum. Um, a little bit of a bum. Yeah, so they, they should have swept, but they lost the, the Field of Dreams game, which was just an all-around bad night for me. I lost power. Dude, didn't, yeah, I know, dude. didn't get to watch the game. Um, I was just like keeping track of it on my phone because I didn't have a means of charging my phone. And I wasn't charging my phone throughout the day because I typically don't. Uh, so it's at like right. 50% battery. I didn't know I wasn't going to be able to charge my phone at night. So, like, my phone died, like, I don't know, at some point in the evening. It's like my alarm didn't go off. So, like, I wasn't oh, able to work anyway because I didn't have power. So I didn't have the internet. Anyway, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was just, it just sucked. But I was like mid watching the Field of Dreams game. Like, I just, just saw judge's home run to put the yankees up and that's when i lost power and i was like what wait what what happened <laughs> what's going on um but either way like i've said all along i feel like at this point the yankees just need to win series if they can do that they should put themselves in a position to be able to catch somebody uh, game 163 something so they, they have done that. They have done that a lot. Oakland will bomb. Oakland will bomb out here. Yeah, we, they, so so prior to tonight, because obviously the Yankees won tonight and the Oakland lost. So going into today's games, uh, the car are not the Carls. The Yankees had won 10 of their last 11 series. I, I want to say I think their only series loss is the series loss to Boston. Uh, I'm double checking just to make sure I'm not lying that it was someone else. Um, yeah, so they so it was Boston. They lost three out of four in that series, um, but that was the series. I think two games they blew the lead late. Yeah, so they were they were up three to one going into to the, into the ninth. 
they let up two runs in the bottom of the ninth and then they lost an extra innings. And then the other one, they were up um, four to nothing going into the bottom of the eighth. And the Red Sox scored five runs in the bottom of the eighth and won five to four. So very tough losses. But other other than those two, um, so say, say the Yankees managed to hold on to those. Since the All-Star break, they would have lost no series. They have lost one since that time frame. Um, so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, so they've won nine of their, or ten of their last eleven, I think is what it is. Um, yeah, so, because they beat, they took two out of three from Houston and two out of three from Seattle going into the All-Star break. So... 10 of their last 11, they've won the series. The one series they lost in that stretch, two heartbreak games. Um, I'm going to argue that they have now won 11 out of 12. I was, was going to say, are we, are, are we including? How are you yeah. playing that? No, I, I am. I am including that. So, because that series was initially, yeah, so they, they technically, I'm going to say they lost that series to the Angels. They lost that series to the Angels at the end of at the end of June. This makeup is way later. They're a completely different team now. Um, so this is a one-game series, and the Yankees won that. So they have won 11 out of 12. Just like this series against the Red Sox is a three-game series in two days. Doubleheader tomorrow, then they play one game on Wednesday. That is a three-game series. Going. Yeah, f- fits your narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it, so they have won 11 of the last 12. Hey, it's tough to win a one-game series. You know, you only got one shot at it. <clears throat> but True. if they, so if they continue to do that, I I feel like you put yourself in a situation to to be able to catch somebody. Um, in terms of like the schedule that's remaining, it's. Kind, it's kind of 50-50. I think it's probably... At, like, compare, compared to the teams we looked at, like Cardinals, Reds, Padres, this is far more even than any of theirs. So they have the Red Sox, then they play the Twins, then they have two against the Braves, four against Oakland. Um, so that so it's a tough little stretch to, to finish up this month. Um, the Twins aren't good, but you have... Red Sox, Braves, A's, all playoff teams currently. Um, then, so to wrap up August, they have three against the Angels. Then they have three against the Orioles. But then they get the Blue Jays for four and the Mets for three. Then they play the Orioles, the Indians, and the Rangers. So not a good team, an average team, not a good team. But then they get the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Rays to end the season. So it's like... A week of good teams, a week of bad teams, a week of good teams, a week of bad teams, a week of good teams. So it's it's pretty evenly spread out. Um, Ronan, like like I said though, Ronan in September is a little dangerous, you know. They're especially got the call up players. They're playing for something. Like, well, call ups will be will be far far less now than what they were before because your expanded roster only goes to 28. It's only two additional players instead of going to the full 40. So they only have two September call-ups nowadays instead of, you know, being able to have, you know, being able to carry 17 pitchers. 
that's not a thing anymore, <clears throat> which I'm which I'm very excited about. This will be the first full season that that's in effect. It was supposed to go into effect for last year, but pandemic obviously changed some things. <clears throat> um, but so the the point I was going to make though. Um, so through all of that with where they're at right now, they've continued to win series in the last six days. So both Cardinals and Yankees have 45 games left at this point, but over the last week, the Yankees have picked up one game on Tampa Bay going four and two. They picked up one game. They're five and a half games back on Tampa Bay. Now they gained no ground on Oakland or Boston. They were still two and a half games back. So it's like, all right, cool. This is terrible. <laughs> so I, so CBS sports is who wrote the article and they were saying that there's, um, it's like with their power rankings, but they said that the wildcard races keep getting more interesting with Yankees, Reds and others threatening. So what they talk about, it's like the guys like several weeks back, he lamented how it was starting to look like they might not have too many great races. I think we were saying the same thing. Like the NL looked like it was all but decided. Um, you know, it was just going to be the Mets, the Brewers, the Giants, Dodgers, Padres were going to be the wild cards. Like maybe you found like the West ended up competing for something, but everything else was kind of a foregone conclusion. Um, you had, Tampa Bay and Boston were going out of the East for sure. The White Sox are running away with the Central. The Astros are running away with the West. It was like maybe someone challenges Oakland for that second wild card spot. So it, it was like the beginning of August, and it looked like nine playoff spots had already been solidified. It's very boring, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of there being madness in September. Um, now it is quite different. Um, you have, you know, only eight games separate Tampa Bay from Toronto, which is first to fourth in the AL East. Uh, the White Sox have still run away with the Central. Um, Oakland is only two and a half games behind Houston for the division, um, which means that there's only, like, if Oakland catches Houston, it's also possible that. New York or Toronto catch Houston. So Houston's only, you know, if they're like the Yankees are one and a half back on Oakland. Oakland is only two and a half back on Houston. So the Yankees are only four games back from Houston. It's like Houston could be out of the playoffs where we thought that it was a foregone conclusion that they would just win the West. Now it's possible. They don't even make the playoffs. Um, the Mets were running away with it. They've fallen apart. They're 59 and 58 now. They're three games behind Atlanta. They're pretty much falling out of the wild card races. They're like fifth in the wild card race now. Philadelphia's gotten back into the mix, so Atlanta's winning the East. The Phillies are only a game and a half behind them. Um, Milwaukee's kind of separating themselves. Uh, they're seven and a half up on Cincinnati, ten up on St. Louis. Um LA has started to kind of reel in San Francisco to at least challenge there. I think you still know for sure San Francisco and LA are going to go um, mainly because the Dodgers are like six and a half games clear of the second wild card. Uh, anyone to slide in the bases like a pro. 
and so I think the Reds are the the first team out of the playoff picture right now. Uh, they're a game and a half back behind San Diego with San Diego's loss tonight. So that puts the Dodgers eight games up on them with 45 games to play. Uh, you know, for some of these teams, um, actually, I think it's less for the Reds. The Reds have played 120, so they only have 42 games left. So you're looking at like, you know, needing to pick up a game like every four or five games, essentially for the Reds to catch LA. So I, I think at that point, like you can say LA, San Francisco are probably locked into a playoff spot. Milwaukee probably locked in as well. White Sox locked in. <clears throat> so a big portion of that though, the AL East, um, it is, it changed up because so before, before this past weekend is what they were talking about. Um, the Red Sox had lost 10 of 13, so they fell hard, um, which kind of brought everyone back to them and allowed the Rays to catch them and move past them. Um, the A's have won 8 of 10. The Blue Jays have won 13 of their last 18. And the Yankees have won 14 of their last 19. So it's like an extended period of time. You're talking like three weeks of baseball that these teams are, you know, playing – at a very, very high level. Um, you know, you're like, you're looking at like teams playing like seven, 700, 800 win percentage baseball, multiple over the course of three weeks. Yeah, it's been very aggravating to like, Oh, Yankees won again. Oh, so did everybody else. Yankees won again. Oh, so did everybody else. Oh, uh, the, the Yankees lost because we blew a five-run lead. Oh, everybody else won, so we lost the game. Great. Awesome. <clears throat> but yeah, it's like... Like, what can you do? Yeah. Like, you're doing it, everything right, and you just can't. It has started, started to shift a little bit. It's like the Yankees have now won three in a row. Um, Houston and Oakland have lost each of the, have both lost their last two. So I said the Yankees are, are starting to get in that distance. And I think if they catch them, that's when it, like it becomes, it becomes real. Like it, you, you got to catch them first and then you go from there. And really it starts with tomorrow. Like the Yankees are only two games behind the Red Sox. If the Yankees sweep that double header tomorrow, they're tied. Like they're, you know, that's, that's where it's at. And really, the Yankees would be ahead, in my opinion, because they have less games played. So the the Yankees have two games in hand right now. So if they win those, they're they're really only a, a game back. So if they sweep the doubleheader tomorrow, and then they win those two extra games, they're a game ahead. Um. So it, it's just it's it's very hard to see. Like, okay, yep, Cardinals have, have cut it to, to four games. You know, they're they're right there. This is doable. But those four games, it can take two, three, four weeks to pick those games up. You know, like, it's yeah. it's very rare, you know. Like, it's like, the, it took something like the, the Red Sox, where they said they lost 10 out of 13 before the weekend. Um, and... 
uh, like Yankees and Blue Jays were able to reel them in, you know, to like a two-game level. But now if the the Red Sox just as easily turn around and sweep the Yankees over the next two days, and now that one and a half games is four and a half games real quick, <clears throat> and that's where I think that like it'll be telling for the Cardinals with games head-to-head against both Cincinnati and San Diego, you know, left this season. Um, But that's where it's going to be. The Brewers, you know, destiny's in their own hands that they can just bury the Cardinals. Um, It seems like the Brewers also have a series against the Reds. It's like the Brewers can just, okay, we're just going to put these teams away and then we're going to rest our guys. We're going to be able to not utilize our big three in situations. Like we're going to get other guys playing time. We're going to get some guy. like we're going to work on some things and we're just going to take our spot in the playoffs. We're going to win the division. We aren't going to, we probably aren't going to catch the giants. I, I don't know what the difference in record is, but Oh, not that bad. Four and a half games. So, I mean, they could compete, but in my opinion, you have to assume the Dodgers are probably going to win the wild card game. So you're like, would I rather play Atlanta? Yeah, who pitches, the, who pitches the wild card game for the Dodgers? For the Dodgers? So I would assume at this point it would be Walker Buehler. Damn, you don't give it to Max Scherzer? Um, so I... Don't give it to him? So I would think that you would want to have Scherzer for two games and the best of five. Um, and really, if you're if he's healthy, I think you give the one game wild card to Kershaw. Mm. <clears throat> but now nah, I I don't know I I think if I'm managing, I'm probably giving that one game to Walker Bueller. Um, and really, it like I guess it to me it would also depend on who they're playing. In that one game playing, um, but yeah, like I, I think I would go with Bueller because I think if if Bueller pitches the wild card game, he that like and you could have him on like a short leash or whatever, whatever you need to do. Like if he gets absolutely blown up or just doesn't look sharp, you can you can go to the bullpen right away, whatever you need to do. Um, like Julio Urias can be ready to go. He's hurt right now, but he, he should be back by then. So you can just buy, okay, we're going to, we're going to tandem this because I think when you like my thoughts on it, or, and I talk about it a lot is utilizing different looks of pitchers to make them more effective. And I think the best makeup the Dodgers would have with their starters would be Scherzer, Kershaw, Bueller. And if Bueller pitched the wildcard game, he should be in line to start game three on normal rest. Um, in theory, you could go Scherzer and then Bueller, Kershaw, Scherzer. <clears throat> but if you sweep, you probably don't have Scherzer for game one of the NLCS. And I think that that's, that that's where you're at. You want to be able to throw your best pitcher and the one that's pitched the best in the postseason as often as you can. Um, and I I don't think you're... I think that regardless of who you match up with, let's say it's either going to be likely going to be San Diego, Cincinnati, or St. Louis would be my guess. 
it's possible it could be like the Phillies and the Mets, but I think that that's less likely, and I get the Phillies are basically, uh, you know, equivocally tied with the Cardinals. Um, I just think the Cardinals are a better team than Philadelphia. Um, so if they, if you assume it's Cincinnati, St. Louis, or San Diego, from a pitching matchup, the only the only team that's capable of throwing someone that is more effective than Bueller are the Cardinals, and that being Wayno or Flaherty, depending on how sharp Flaherty is. Um, if Flaherty continues to pitch like he did in his last outing, then it's a tough matchup. But I would think if you're the Cardinals, I think you give that game to Wainwright. Yeah. Yep. He's been your ace all year. Yeah. Uh, so, so that that to me is like if it's if it's the Cardinals and Wainwright, I think you you throw Scherzer because you're going to need that gritty veteran that's just going to tough out uh, that one game playoff. Like he's going to go out and battle Wainwright, and it'll it that game will more so be Adam Wainwright versus Max Scherzer than the Cardinals versus the Dodgers. Um, it would be very like it would it would remind me a lot of like Chris Carpenter versus Roy Halladay when the Cardinals and Phillies played each other in what was that 2011? Um, like that game five that was just very gritty. I think the Cardinals won like two to one or something like that, or one to nothing or something. Um, but that's that would be my play if I'm the Dodgers. If it's Cincinnati. Or if it's San Diego, Bueller is going to be the the better pitcher in that. Like I don't even know who the Reds would throw. Um, maybe Sonny Gray, maybe. <laughs> but um, San, San Diego, you're. I would assume you're probably looking at like Darvish, would be my guess. Um. You know, I think the I think the Padres rotation is much more dangerous in a in a five game series than it is in a one game. Uh, but yeah, I, if I'm because you also you have to assume that you're playing San Francisco in the next round, so you're you're going to it's going to be a battle, and I I think you give yourself a significantly better chance to win if Max Scherzer gets two starts in the divisional series and Bueller pitches in the wild card, then Bueller pitching a potential game one, game five in the divisional series and Scherzer getting you just one start in the divisional series. So a, I, could, I could get on that tape. Yeah. So, so you essentially, I feel like you need to get a win you're you're gonna need to get a win from Bueller at some point, and the the it is a higher stakes game, but it is the it is the wor- the the lower of the two teams quality wise the the more worse team the worser worser's not a word but I can't think the you know the not as good team there's not really a bad team in the playoffs but <clears throat> if you had to put like if you had to stake your World Series chances on Bueller pitching a game five against the San Francisco Giants in San Francisco or uh, one game playoff against the Padres or the Reds or the Cardinals even. I, I The Cardinals, I think I'm more worried about Wayno than I am the Cardinals. Uh, that he's just capable of stepping up in that big game and shutting your offense down. And that's putting pressure on Bueller. I think where he shines is when the 
Dodgers do what they do and they score a run or two early in the game and Bueller just gets to settle in kind of like why Flaherty's so dominant when the Cardinals score in the first inning like he looks completely different if he's pitching with a two-run lead than if it's a nothing-nothing game or one-to-one or something like that he just looks completely different and I think Bueller falls into that same category but I would take Bueller at home and that one game playoff, then Bueller game five against the Giants ace, probably uh, can't think of what his name is. Mickey has him on his fancy team. I will, t- I will tell you in a second. Uh, Gosman, Kevin Gosman. Is that who it is? Oh, the pitcher for yeah, uh, the Giants ace this year. Giants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Gosman, yeah. yeah so I would, I would rather, if I'm the Dodgers, I would rather Bueller pitch a one-game playoff at home against a Darvish or a Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo or a Flaherty or a Wainwright probably um, than him pitch game five at San Francisco against Gosman. <clears throat> Especially with Kershaw's track record in the playoffs. Because really if you... If you lose game one, even pitching game one at San Francisco against Gosman, and then Kershaw shits the bed, now you're in a situation where you have to win three in a row against the best team in baseball, like the best record in baseball, and you know you're going to see their ace again. <clears throat> so I did, I just I feel like Scherzer pitching game one of the NLDS against the Giants is more vital than what you lose and Bueller pitching in the wild card game. But they don't pay me to make those decisions. They'll probably go with Scherzer. He'll throw like eight shutout innings. Bueller will pitch like a complete game or a quality start win in game, game one, or they'll give it to Kershaw and then they'll go to Bueller. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be fine. And the Dodgers will, will beat the giants in like four games and then they'll have everything aligned for the NLCS anyway. And it really won't matter, but... <clears throat> or I shouldn't say it won't matter, but their decision will work out. But if they if they throw Scherzer and then they pitch Bueller game one, because I do think that having Kershaw sandwiched by those two makes them all more effective versus having Scherzer and Bueller thrown back-to-back games. Uh, because they're they're similar in how they pitch. Like they're, they're both power pitchers and they're both right-handed. I think having those that you're gearing up for, it allows Kershaw's like little looping breaking ball to be more effective. He doesn't really pitch with the same power that he used to. Uh, It's like the same thing that I talk about. Like if, you know, with the Cardinals now, like granted it, it doesn't look like it's come to fruition because they've played nothing but shit teams really lately. So the pitching has looked really good. Um, but I think that like even having like it be Flaherty, Kim, Wayno is it is a completely different look in itself. Um, you know, whereas like right now they have like Kim, it was like Wayno, Kim, LeBlanc, Hap, Lester. So it's like Wayno and then four the same type of pitcher, left-handed, don't really throw overpowering stuff. It's sinkers and cutters down in the zone. That's what they all do. They found success with it, but again, it's because 
the last nine games they've been against the the Pirates and the Royals. So we'll see how it goes. I know they have Wayno tomorrow. Do you know what the rest of the pitching matchups look like? Uh, it's Burns Wayno tomorrow, and then I have not looked past yesterday. Um, let's see. So Peralta Flaherty Wednesday, and then Thursday they have Woodruff and TBD. So I th- is so is Burns hurt for Milwaukee? I'm gonna I'm gonna go look and see. No, I thought we were getting burned tomorrow. Oh, is that, is that what we said? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like they had three. Is it Anderson that's hurt? Oh, I don't know. Because I, I, not that Peralta's been bad, but like Peralta's definitely not. I'm going to go. I'm going to look at their roster real quick. Um, Brett Anderson. Yeah, because like they, it's been kind of like their Woodruff, Burns, Anderson, Peralta, Hauser has been like their main five, and then with Hauser going down, it's been Eric Lauer that's stepped up. Um, so yeah, so they just it's just they're they're missing that. Um, so they're getting Burns, Peralta, Woodruff. Not that. Not that it's any easier. I mean, Peralta's nine and three with a two point two six ERA. So yeah, it's not like yeah, oh yeah, yeah we're we're dodging, you know. Um, but yeah, Wayno Flaherty, I think you're you're throwing the right guys. Um, I would assume. I I guess it. Do we know what's going on with Kim? Have they have they said anymore? Isn't he hurt at the nope. moment? Yeah, I haven't heard anything about him. Um, I'm uh, I'm looking at their injuries. Um, injury updates. Oh well, Wade the blocks on the 10-day IL. His expected return TBD. Yeah. He's got left elbow pain. Um, Cam. Yeah, all I really see is just seven yeah. days ago them put him on the injured list and. Yeah, Cam with. Left elbow inflammation. Um, I mean, we got all these lefties to eat innings, though, so. Yeah. So my my guess is it would be probably Hap or Lester pitching in that game. Which Hap, I mean, what are his taps? Who know? I mean. Apparently, the time frame to get him is when you just have him as a rental. Yeah. But the Carls need to avoid doing is what the Yankees did and then give him a contract after that. Just be be happy. Yeah, just be happy. Like they maybe maybe if they give Lester the contract, Molina will help him learn how to throw over to first. But no, dude, no, no, not worth. Not worth. Um, and then let's see what the uh what the matchups are. For the Yankees, so I said they had Cole throw tonight. So yeah, so Montgomery in the first game against what is this? It's like Tanner. Yeah, Tanner Hook. Hook. He pitched at Missouri. He's from St. Louis. I didn't know that. Fuck that guy. He's pitching for the wrong team. 
Um, and then uh, heel versus Ivaldi in the nightcap. And then Pavetta versus Heaney. Ugh. Every time Heaney starts, it hurts my heart. Every time. Uh, did you did you play Pavetta this week? I did. All right. And I don't. I don't. I, coming off two hundred forty-five point weeks, I don't really like yeah. to change my lineup. Too and, and this is the other thing. So, why? All right. Explain to me this. Maybe I don't. I don't know. We're at like two hours, so we can we can revisit this. I get that Jake Arrieta has had a terrible season, but when you can get him for league minimum, and you're a team that you're you're signing guys that you're talking about, trying to eat innings and whatnot, why? Like, for for both the Cardinals and the Yankees, like, why is this not a guy you take a flyer on? Yeah, I mean, especially for the Cardinals, like, you're already taking flyers on guys. Maybe that's why they're not, because they've already, like, taken the two, but... But, I mean, but really, you're going to tell me that you couldn't, you couldn't use to, like, hey, you're you're paying this guy next to nothing. You're not paying Lester and half anything, because you got money in those deals to pay for the, the remaining contract. So you're not bleeding money hand over fist or anything like that. It's not like you're nearing the luxury tax threshold. He's still getting paid by the other team. I, I forget where yet it was. Philly, maybe, that dropped him. Um, like, why Why not just be like, all right, cool. Like, let's just come here. Like, maybe we can utilize you as a bullpen arm. Like, maybe you can be a long reliever. Maybe we're going to mix and match. Maybe we're going to go to, like, uh, you know, depending on who the matchup is, you – you may like we're we're gonna have a, an opener. We're gonna throw you guys in tandem. You know, like I'm I'm gonna have you eat innings, but we're gonna utilize you as like we're gonna have you go four or five innings, and then I'm gonna have you come in and pitch the rest of the game. Like you're gonna pitch four innings in relief following Lester. Like what, that's what we're gonna do. You know, like I I just feel like those are the type of moves. Like that's the kind of like bigger brain thinking that when you're trying to make a run into the playoffs or for a world series, like those are the pieces that can really pay off in the long run. Worst case scenario, Arietta doesn't do a whole lot for you, but you wasted really no money. It was just a league minimum contract that you signed him to, but the Padres went out and got him. So it's like, how, like what? Like how, how were we so far off base that you're not going to do these moves. Like, why we talk about the Braves? I just don't, I don't get it. I mean, maybe they tried to go out and get him, but he was like, no, nah, I'll go to the Padres. Maybe. I don't know. I um, doubt that, but no. Or, uh, what was it? Tampa Bay signed David Robertson. That was like, the Yankees have had this man close for them in the past. He's not super old or anything like that. I think he's like in his early 30s. He just showed he could still pitch at a at an effective level, at a high level, like pitch pretty well, closing out for Team USA. Your bullpen sucks right now, so fucking sign the guy. Nope, Tampa Bay goes and gets him. Really? Like, so not only not only did you not get him, but you let him go make a team you're in direct like direct competition with get better. It's like the, I just don't I don't get it. I don't get how teams get sat in their ways and they're like. We got we got these guys. 
We got them. You know, you I get your pain, Zach Britton, eighteen million dollars a year, but Zach Britton openly stepped down from your closer's role. Get this guy off your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you openly step down off anything, you openly lost your job. Yeah, like cool. Good good riddance. Sorry. Get out of here. Bye. Yeah, we just no no place for it. Um, I didn't get to talk about all the injuries, but I just everyone trusts me. The, the roster's good. It would be a good team. I would be happy if this like if this were like the, the team that the Yankees were playing every day. I they would win games. They would win games. They could go <laughs> that, that the roster. It's not a whole roster. It's like 18 players, but I would think that that roster could potentially play around 500 for a full season. Now, one thing they all have in common is one thing they all have in common is they're currently hurt. So there would need to be some depth pieces added probably, but it's a pretty good lineup. It's a pretty good lineup. It was a, it's a great rotation. The rotation they had injured before Cole and Montgomery came back. Amazing, amazing rotation. Um, But last thing we'll we'll do the we'll do the power rankings update because our team's kind kind of yeah kind of moved. Um, MLB they stayed put both of them. Yankees are still number nine. Cardinals are still number seventeen. But CBS Sports, which is who we like more, they gave us some love. Yankees moved Yankees moved up to number eight. And he said uh, they might be getting right on offense, maybe. And Garrett Cole's back Monday. So they, they moved up to number eight. Um, the Rays and the Red Sox are in front of them, so they're no, they're number eight, and they're behind two teams in their division. It's always frustrating. Um, <clears throat> Cardinals are also third in their division behind the Reds and the Brewers. But they moved up three spots as well to number 16, and what he had to say was getting Jack Flaherty back in the rotation is a huge shot in the arm. It seems unlikely they can make a playoff run, but I'm old enough to remember 2011. Yeah, it's all different players, including Adam Wainwright, because he was hurt that year, but I'm not counting them out. So, Very good. Very good. Um, and they, I, I will add this caveat. So we talked about the Mets kind of falling apart a little bit. Um, so they dropped one spot. They're down to just one game above 500, but he does make note. They said the good news is that after this 13 game stretch against the Dodgers and giants, they have 14 against the nationals and Marlins. The bad news is they might be buried by then. Um, so they're, they, they've been in a rough patch. They are, I, I think the series with the Dodgers started tonight. So I don't know. I don't know if they have 13 I don't hold on. I'm gonna look real quick. Where did my where did my records go? Cause they've been bad, and if they're if they've been bad and they're gonna play 13 straight games against the Giants and the Dodgers, then yeah, I thought he was saying that they just played 13, but I know they just I thought they just opened a series against LA. No, they just opened a series against San Francisco. Sorry. Um. So they just finished up against the, the Dodgers. Now they're playing the Giants for three. Then they play the Dodgers for four. Then they play the Giants for three more. Um, but 
heading into that, they swept the Nationals, got swept by the Phillies, and lost three out of four to the Marlins. So maybe they're maybe they're turning around with beating the Nationals. I don't know. But they got swept by the Dodgers. So in this stretch of 17 against those guys, or in the stretch of 13 against the Dodgers and Giants, they are currently 0-3, and they're losing tonight. So I think the Braves will just put them away. Yep. Yeah, I've been calling the Braves going on a hot streak since the All-Star break. You traded Freddie Freeman, so yep, I already you knew did. what was going to happen. You did. All it took was Acuna to get hurt and them to make some moves. You wonder if they didn't bring in so many pieces. Like, how many... Like, what part of how well they're doing is, like, Duvall, Soler, and Peterson just trying to take advantage of the at-bats that they do get. So they're like, all right, like, I'm in the lineup. I got to produce because my spot in this lineup tomorrow isn't guaranteed. And they're just kind of, like, pushing each other to be better. Especially Soler. Like, he could go, you know, to a handful of teams. Yep. Yeah, I know Soler and uh, Peterson are both in contract years. We were looking at that earlier. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be fun. It's the Cardinals going on defeated last week. At least made it intriguing enough. Card, yeah, made made it intriguing enough for for not to be like Cardinal baseball doesn't matter anymore. It's over. Um, they're they're at least something to play for. But like I said, I, I think it'll I think it'll come down to September. I think we've been saying that for a while. They shit the bed when they had an opportunity to really make a difference previously um i i think that that goes a long way like if they would have done what they're doing now back in may before they had their rough june or whatever it was or maybe it was june that they played all the shitty teams whatever we talked about earlier if they just would have done that and put themselves in the spot where they were a game up in the wild card or a game back in the wild card or something like that, then this stretch of games, they would be able to build a little lead. Then they have some cushion when they're playing a very tough month of September where they typically try to find a way to win some ball games, play above 500, you know, when they're a September baseball team, like Chris said, and they find themselves in the playoffs. Unfortunately, I think that they, this stretch will get them back to even and playing a little above 500, I think will cause them to fall out. Because as we've covered, the Reds don't play anybody in September, um, so I think that that's their their biggest hurdle at this point. Um, anything else on your end? Mm. No, I think that covers it. Just, I mean, right. like I said I think the last time we got excited that we won a bunch of games, we ran into a good team. So yeah, um, and they're they're definitely Monday, yeah they're definitely playing a good team. <laughs> And we got their good pitchers. Like this yep. is this is it. This is as big as playoff as you can get, and yep. and it's against the team you should be needing. Like if you want to make up some games, you know, beat this team. So it should be interesting. I'm excited. Yeah, and then you're up 52 to start fantasy. I'm down early, but I still have my two starts in hand, which I count 20 points. So with the with those 20 points, I'm I'm winning. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll have. Some good news and congrats again to clinching to the playoff spot. Seating still up in the air. Um, yeah, man. But you're you're in. Show. You're in. For sure. You Feels got a ticket. First year playoffs. 
Yep, you, you know, got a it's, ticket. It's all that matters right now, and we're just easing by. I got a, I got a couple of fantasy football drafts coming up, so yeah, we can, uh, we can get into that a little bit when the time comes. Yep. 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 Yeah, I'll talk to you about uh, packing like Josh Allen shorts. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. D words P. D words P. Have you seen it? Um, but yeah, a little longer, 2.15 tonight, probably be like 2.20 by the time I'm done talking about the closure, but yeah, good, good show. Thanks for hanging out and, uh, until next week, stay cool. Bye. Bye.